station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome to A Real Education. I'm your host, Tim Wick. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, movie courtier, Melissa Kersher. Hello. And we are joined this week by our movie, what do we want to say, amateur? Movie. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Amateur. Our movie amateur. Allie, I got I, I screw up your Ellingsburg. last name every time. Ellingsburg. That's okay. That, I've known Allie it, for years, but I can't pronounce her last th- name. That's okay. You know, yeah. some people just go with Eisenberg. Yeah, I know. That's yeah. why it's like I want to say I want to say Eisenberg, but it's not. See, it's, so it's not. anyway, but not, anyway, not part of that dynasty. Yeah, not not. <laughs> so Allie is here because she's not seen the movie that we are about to watch. Right. The movie that we are about to watch is The Lion in Winter. So uh, as is our tradition, Allie, you need to tell us what do you know about The Lion in Winter. That depends. Can I swear when I say it? Yeah. Yeah, we're totally into swearing. Not a fucking thing. Not a fucking thing. <laughs> Yay! So you know nothing about the line. Purposefully, yes. So I, I did not do any research. I wanted to come into this completely cold and and <laughs> yeah. I, I, judging from the reaction that you had when I said I hadn't seen it, when you asked me if I wanted to do this, I decided that was the best way to do it. Was just just not Google it, not IMDb, nothing. Awesome. So well, I, I got nothing on this one. So The Lion in Winter is indeed a movie best served cold. What would we want to say? I Just because you haven't seen it before, I don't want to get into too much detail, it, except to say, without saying who they are, it is what we would like to say is a star-studded affair. Yes. It is a... a the, the cast of the film is fairly small. Okay. And but it's, it's and covered in Oscars. It is covered just, in Oscars. Those just are my golden. favorite kinds of cats. So yeah. golden. And, Oscars uh, and Oscar nominations, they're just piled up around the cast of this film. And I will, I will tell you the setup of it. The, the plot revolves around a Christmas gathering of the royal family of England in 1183. All right, so then. It, is, it is King Henry II his wife Eleanor of Aquitaine, and their kids. And I'll leave it at that. And okay. also, and also the Dauphin of also the France. Dauphin of, uh, of France. Played by... Uh, we're not going to say. We're I'm not, not going to say. Shh, we're not so, going to say. Uh, a certain somebody in his first film role. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. The, like, the literally youthful. everybody in this movie is super duper famous right now. Yeah. Not, you know, now. I should say yeah, that they, just they right all, now, Then now. maybe not all of them were quite as famous, but certainly the two leads yeah. were big names. Yeah, the the two leads are just, you know, acting giants, I will say. Awesome! At, at what one might argue is the height of their power. Yes. The height of their acting giant powers. Uh, and then everybody else is just... But anyway, it's amazing. It, it's also, it's, it's, also amazing. Uh, it's from an era where they were making a lot of these kind of historical costume epics. Particularly um, for Britain, because this was the British invasion. Because, you know, this is when like, the Beatles were going on. So you got films like this. You got films like Beckett. You got films like, uh, uh, well, you know, Lawrence of Arabia. And, you know... You know, that, a man for that all seasons. Man for all seasons. All so, that stuff. So, so the, the people were t- totally into this British history thing, mm-hmm. uh, and this this is a movie that uh, that is part of that. Um, but it started out as a play, a very a great stage play written by William, uh, William Goldman, not James Go- James Goldman, James, James. Some guy. 
We'll look it up to while we're J- watching the movie. The, the initials are J.G., and it's not J.G. Ballard. I know that. But uh, he he wrote the play, it, uh, which went on stage in 1966, and uh, it was extremely successful. So uh, two years later, they made it into a movie. So that so is what we're going to watch. That's what we're going to watch. So we're just going to go away and watch it, and uh, we'll uh, be excited to hear what Allie thinks of the film when we return, uh, which, as always, for us, is going to be in a couple hours, and for you will be in uh, about 15 seconds. So the magic of radio. back. Many sheems have been thwarted. A great deal of tapestries have hidden the sons of Henry II mm-hmm. for certain amounts of time. <laughs> and indeed, scenery has been chewed. Nom, nom, nom. nom, nom. <laughs> so, Allie, this was your first time watching The Lion in Winter. Please tell us what you thought of the film. That was a hell of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so... I started out going, God, this is kind of a slow, slow beginning. And I, I, I like films like this. I knew that there was promise there. So I'm like, okay, I can stick with this. But oh my goodness, it's just not grabbing me. And I, I still kind of like, as we were going through the film, I'm like, okay, I really like the dialogue. But I'm still like, my super cut would cut out so much of this crap. <laughs> And then we got to Philip's chambers, and I'm like, never mind, I'm here for every single moment of this. <laughs> oh my god, that was my tipping just, point. Just, it just Holy shit. <laughs> Goddamn. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, that really was enjoyable. That was like some of, the dialogue was, was, uh. Making me think of some of the noir that we that we've watched on oh, our yeah. on our sister podcast. Yeah, super super chewy. It's mm, yeah mm, yeah so delicious, so, so delicious. snappy. Yeah, the um, uh, this is one of my favorite plays. Catherine oh. Hepburn makes me look like I'm a cuddly kitten, and I and I just got harassed by my coworkers for being like extra fluent and sarcastic this week. <laughs> <laughs> she's super fluent and sarcastic. Oh my goodness. Yeah, she's that, oh. Uh, it's this script and Catherine Hepburn that really oh, makes so the thing good. just soar. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, this might be our first Catherine Hepburn film, which is I kind of tragic. Right. Yeah, uh, I think we need to have more. We do. This is uh, her third Oscar. She wins. She won her third Oscar for this film. Yeah, a year after she'd won her la- her sec- her second Oscar for Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and her first Oscar was in the 30s. Yeah, way back, right. way yeah. back, way back in the, in the early part of her career. And, and then her fourth was in 80s. 80s. She was uh, it was for On Golden Pond. On Golden Pond, that's right. Oh, yeah. So, uh yeah. yeah. But uh she she really does kind of uh make the film. What's what I think is interesting is uh this is like the height of Peter O'Toole uh as an actor mm-hmm. uh he he i mean he was very very big 60s and 70s yeah um and nominated for a lot of oscars he never won he finally got an honorary oscar mm-hmm. a few years before he died yeah uh but what's really fascinating is uh, how much younger he is than hepburn yeah mm-hmm. hepburn 
uh, was 61 she, when she did this film, which means she is the same age that Eleanor of Aquitaine would have been in 1183. Nice. So she is actually playing an age-appropriate role. Whereas... Uh, he uh, was about 35. And was playing a 50-year-old. Was playing a 50-year-old. Hey, under that beard, who can tell? That's true. Well, That's it's true. well done. Played it, it well. is. It he, is actually He plays well it well, because uh, he's not that much older than the actors who play his sons. Yeah. 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 No, I, I was kind of sitting there going... He should be much younger than this. How, how old is he? Yeah. And how old is he playing? So I did mm-hmm. have a moment of, of putting together years and 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 uh, dates and such and going, wait. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, the real King, uh, King Henry II was was still much younger than Eleanor of Aquitaine. You know, the difference was about 11 years. But, you know, yeah. it's a much wider gap between Peter O'Toole and uh, very, Catherine Hepburn. Very May-December there. Which is... I find it kind of hilarious the the stories from backstage on this film because uh, Peter O'Toole was kind of a a, a hellion. He was a hard drinker, a hard drinker, uh, party man, kind of a tyrant on on sets. And he got to this film set, and Catherine Hepburn was like, "Ah, no, 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 no," and he was like. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> and so she, this was like her set. She just controlled everything that went on, and uh, he he just kind of meekly <laughs> just accepted okay, it as you, you terrify do. me you yeah. terrify me i'll be good Catherine I'll be good. hepburn terrified a lot of people yeah because she was just that a kind force of, of nature well yeah. yeah she was yeah um she uh she just had a confidence about her and she was you know probably the best actress working in film at the time mm-hmm. uh, and had been for many a year mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're Peter O'Toole and you're you're riding high on that Lawrence of Arabia fame and Beckett and Beckett which was just well, this is great player. what I love he, he played is, King is, Henry the second he played King, King Henry the second and Beckett <laughs> which is set uh, probably about what ten years earlier yeah, that's about right then then this film mm-hmm. uh, and of course, they were only a couple of years apart. That one had Richard Burton in it, which yeah, another great yeah. actor who never won an Oscar. Yeah, Chewy, um, Chewy, and the two scenery. of them just were just like chomp, 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 chomp on yeah. the scenery against each other. And here, and there are these beautiful moments between Henry and 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 Eleanor. But it's really kind of Hepburn's movie in a oh, lot. Oh of yeah, ways. yeah. That is a, a sweet, sweet role that she's playing. And, uh, you know, Hepburn, Hepburn apparently got the script and she goes, do it in my lifetime. <laughs> she's like, let's make this movie. I'm on board. Let's let's make it happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can tell she's just relishing every chewy bit of it. Mm-hmm. Well, she hadn't, I, aside from Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, it is a problem with actresses in Hollywood when you reach that age. They well, don't get yeah. a lot of really juicy roles anymore mm-hmm. um you know unless you're katherine hepburn or uh, i guess meryl streep mm-hmm. uh so i think for her it was you know just a great opportunity to be able to play a role like she had played years before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and she was still getting you know plenty of roles in the 60s you know mm-hmm. and, yeah, i mean like you said she j- had just won an oscar for guess who's coming to dinner which is an amazing film too so and she's yeah. yeah. Hepburn is is fantastic. Yeah. It does kind of surprise me. We have visited her only for the first time. Yeah. Uh, but you know another thing that we should point out is uh, Timothy Dalton. We we were talking yeah. about yes. the actress uh, Timothy Dalton, who's a baby. Uh, His very first literally chin handsing over here. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Oh, he was great. I like him a lot. <laughs> Timothy Dalton is... I mean, I, I'm almost sad that he played Bond because it it, it was it, like it was kind of wasted. It was kind of uh, kind of wasted on him, really. Yeah, and and I uh, adore him as Bond. I do too. You I know that too. we I'm could a have big... a total conversation oh, yes. about that because oh, yes. I I love I... Timothy Dalton as Bond. I don't think his Bond movies are the greatest. No. Yeah, that but the, I think yeah. that he's good in them. Yes. Yeah, he uh, he got one good Bond movie. And, uh, yes, and one, one what and it's the hell part is of that? both of them. Yeah, yeah, it's part of both of them. Is what he got. Yeah. So. But but and then uh, Richard Burton not ri- ri- not Richard Burton P- Peter uh, O'Toole P- Peter O'Toole uh, no 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 I, I'm not thinking of P- uh, Peter Anthony O'Toole. Hopkins Anthony Hopkins yes, yes. I don't know why I yeah. said Richard Burton uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins is also debuting in this film so yeah. Anthony Hopkins and Timothy Dalton knew yeah. And, and that I, was that was a hell of a moment I'm yes. like and they just let it sit and sit yeah and sit and I'm like. Are oh, they doing this? Oh. Are they are they really doing this in this film in this era? They're doing it. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, they went for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and, and and also you know the the rest of the cast are like these venerable English character actors because you've got John Castle as Jeffrey mm-hmm. who was in Blow Up, and uh, Nigel Terry who plays John, uh, who also played King Arthur in Excalibur. Ah, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, Nigel Stock, uh, who played William Marshall, first Earl Pembroke, um, he was a character actor who, you know, once you see him after he's aged a bit, he's like, you go, oh, that guy, because he has mm-hmm. this great big white beard. He was in, like, young Sherlock Holmes, among many other things, a bunch of uh, uh, British TV shows. He had at least one role in Doctor Who because he lived in England. Yeah. And, yeah, any uh, actor who lives in England has been in Doctor yeah, Who. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. So, you know, it's just like great actors all the way down. Jane Merrow uh, didn't do much in movies after this, but, uh, you know, she was a stage actress in England. So. Mm-hmm. And they care more about that in England anyway. They care yeah. about yes. stage actors way yeah. more than... And, and all these people, well, not all of them, but almost all of them came from the British stage. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Except Hepburn, which is fascinating, yeah. even though, you know, and, and the thing about Hepburn, the thing that always fascinates me about Hepburn is she is not English. Mm-hmm. She's not affecting an English accent, and yet yeah. in some ways she seems more English. Yeah. Well, she has that, well, she does the old Hollywood mid-Atlantic accent, mm-hmm. and, which can stretch to just about anything Yeah. in the English language. So that's pretty much what she's doing yeah the stoicism really kind of sells it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i um i think uh as as a playwright i just you know you watch a film like this and, and it, it is a you can tell when I'm, I, I think you can tell when a movie is adapted oh, from yeah. a play especially yeah. in the in that era because frequently the it, it's the dialogue that does it you know mm-hmm. the, the the way the scenes are set up that all right we're, we're going to create a moment between Henry and Eleanor here mm-hmm. or we're going to create a moment between between the brothers here and you can imagine how that happens on stage and how it's different than how a movie is constructed and even when they're they're turning it into something cinematic there's something about right. there's still very stage elements going on there mm-hmm. i think mm-hmm. you know the fact that there are very few characters with speaking roles yeah uh, yeah you know, there are a lot of other actors in the film. There's, you know, extras tromping all over the place. But really, you've got 
the family plus Philip plus the one plus, you know, plus Alice plus the one guy who gets a couple of spare lines. Yeah, the uh, you know, yeah, what was the Earl of the, the Earl of Pembroke? Yeah, the Earl of Pembroke gets a few spare lines, but basically, yeah. it's just this group of seven actors who are doing all of the talking, mm-hmm. uh, and it really is interesting to see how there's the, there's the construction of well i need a scene between these characters and yeah. and and the the way the movie constantly moves towards the scenes between eleanor and henry yeah because those are always you know with the exception of that scene in the bedroom with philip where where it's like all everybody's everybody's schemes coming together and basically exploding mm-hmm. um and what what's interesting is then philip never shows up again yeah, yeah, I that surprised me. I was just waiting, <laughs> kind of like waiting for that shoe to drop and going, "Where is he? Where is?" He? I mean, a lot of it's wishful thinking on my part. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You, you want him to walk in at the <laughs> end, like Fort and Brass, at the end of Hamlet. Yeah. Like, oh, look at all these dead bodies and around. Like, oh, right. I, I guess I, 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 I win. Really and the funny thing is, of course, he didn't. He didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. You know? But uh, I was just waiting for him to show up and be like, "Okay, Alice, let's go." <laughs> just walk off of her. Yeah, I'm just taking you <laughs> back to t- France. Let honey. me take you well, away from already all of in this. France, technically, because mm. they're in Chinon. That's true. Yeah. yeah, they're hanging out in France. Yeah, there was more English land in France than there was in England for Christmas. Yeah, um, yeah, which didn't actually happen. It it was an event that didn't actually happen. What? But yeah, there was no Christmas court that year, but. Um, pretty much everything else was was true, you know. Uh, Eleanor of Aquitaine was imprisoned by Henry II, and you know, trotted out every now and again. And uh, she was imprisoned when she. Well, to back up, okay. So there was many mentions in the film of the young King Henry, who was the eldest son, who died earlier, the same year that this event was supposedly happening. So, the young King Henry was actually coronated. While his father was still alive, he was made like a titular king of England, but had no actual power. So after a few years of this, in like 1173 or so, which is about 10 years prior to this film, um, you know, he he decided to uh, revolt against King Henry II. And his mother was like, cool. And his brother Richard was like, cool. And, you know, they, they did so, and that didn't quite work. And so... Uh, Eleanor was, you know, put in prison and kind of as an insurance policy against Richard II and, you know, all that stuff and all this fun political thing. So by this time, Eleanor had been in uh, prison for a long time and she would continue to be imprisoned until the death of Henry II, which was like three or four years later. And then when he died, uh, Richard became Richard II. Richard Lionhearted. Um, and then while Richard was in power, uh, he went off and did the Third Crusade. And while he did that, Eleanor was basically on the throne of England, you know, you know, being ruling, awesome, ruling the country because Richard was more, you know, interested in going off and having wars with yeah, people. Can I so just she was go like, hit things and, and you, Eleanor you was way more stuff. interested in running the country. So yeah, it worked it out. Really yeah, it really worked work. out. Oh. And so when uh, Richard passed away, then John ascended to the throne and was the King John of Robin Hood fame. He wasn't very good. He wasn't a very yeah. good king. But he did lead to the Magna Carta, which is something. Yeah. So, and, you know, and, uh, he's got that to fall back on. 
Yeah, he was he was kind of a petty, wormy little guy, but um, apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently, he was a, a decent administrator, not all that stupid. So he's a better he was a better king than you know most people think of him as. But but he was kind of wormy. But he I was kind of wormy. I think the petty. thing is that they don't they don't think of him as a good guy because of Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood right. really does a bad number on on King John. Well, and a lot of other fiction of the time and and mm-hmm. since you know he was just kind of pigeonholed as his his posture gave me backaches just to look oh, at him. Oh, I know, right? I was just like, oh, and shut your mouth, god dang! <laughs> just the uh, slack jawed and very slouched. I'm just like, oh. It hurts to look at you. I just, I just feel like um, I can hear my mother sit up straight. Do yeah. you want to look like that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but his mother wasn't there. So no, that's, that's true. His yeah, mother his did mother, not care. His mother was imprisoned, and if if his mother had been there, things would have turned out very differently I, I feel for that's his true. posture. <laughs> I think, and um, pro- probably for his uh, temperament. Yeah, and pro- he'd probably be a little smarter because <laughs> you notice the older brothers are. I speak smart. three languages. I made this. Yes, you are very smart, dear. Yeah, pat him on the head. Yeah. Well, oh, and and uh, Jeffrey, because everybody forgets about Jeffrey. <laughs> um, Jeffrey passed away the same year that uh, Richard II ascended to the throne. So he just like never made it. Never out. chancellor. Never chancellor. Always the bridesmaid. Uh, yeah. Never the bride. Poor Jeffrey. Yeah, it's a shame. And, Always the spare. Never and the Alice. <laughs> Alice was. Um, it was never really like officially documented that she was uh, a mistress of Henry II, but she was betrothed to Richard II, you know, when she was like eight years old, and then sent to uh, the Plantagenet court to, uh, you know, with Henry as, as, she was a ward of Henry II. And she was still, she was still, that's not weird at all. all. That's not weird. Yeah. So uh, she was, Technically, still betrothed to Richard the Second when uh, you know he took. I the do have crown to correct. Richard then, the Lionheart was Richard the First. Richard the First. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm I'm throwing numbers around and yeah. not thinking about. it. We don't know. We're not English. Blah blah. Yeah, English listeners. Yeah, he, we're he, sorry. He, we Richard. don't honestly fucking care. Yeah. Um, so Richard, you know, Richard. Sorry um, about your history, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Richard said we don't care about our presidents either. Anyway, go on. <laughs> this is true. And and apparently I. If I remember right, Richard was concerned about those rumors that she was a mistress of of, of Henry and said, uh-uh, and so married a completely different woman, and, and so on and so forth. And then she was promised to, I think, John after that, and then Eleanor blocked that, and so she went off and married... Um, a guy from a completely different country's royalty, and then through her, um, her her offspring fed back into the wells of the, <laughs> the genetics of England's royalty uh, later down the line. So she's an ancestor of one of the later. Now I ones. thought it was interesting. I was looking up the trivia on this, and apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, in addition to everything else. Catherine Hepburn is descended from Eleanor of Aquitaine. Through what? two lines. Yes. Yes, that's right. What? Through two lines. She's descended from both Eleanor's first marriage to the King of France and through the Plantagenet. Now, let's be fair. Eleanor of Aquitaine had a boatload of children. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, right. I, th- I think she had eight with Henry alone and then two more with the King of France. Two more, two daughters. So, right. Not yeah. all of them lived to adulthood, but the yeah. point is that uh, sh- her progeny was was, was she was vast. very prolific. Yeah. yeah, 
She was. She was. Uh, well, she lived to eighty years old. You know, she she had time. She had yeah. hearty stock. Yeah. yeah. She was. She was a hale and hearty lady. She was. She was one of the most powerful women in medieval times. Like right. period. Because she she had the Aquitaine, and uh, no matter who she married, the people of Aquitaine followed her. So. And Aquitaine was important because Aquitaine of its proximity to Paris. Yeah. Hugely important. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, much like Eleanor of Aquitaine, Catherine Hepburn clearly still wielded the power on this movie set. Indeed. Oh, yeah. Uh, Indeed. And, uh, <laughs> so good. She's so good. So good. But uh, going back to the, the structure of the, show, the, the, the movie and the idea that there these moments where Eleanor and Henry come together and those are those are kind of the moments that they're always building to is, is mm-hmm. oh we get a Peter O'Toole and Catherine Hepburn scene let's all mm-hmm. let's all sit back and enjoy um it's like, oh, fireworks. Oh, talk, a lot, ta- talk about whiplash I know right like, oh okay <laughs> I can't decide if you two are gonna kiss or kill each other I, I why not I, both? well yeah no very much both I'm like <laughs> how did this movie not end with both of them in an embrace with knives in each other's backs like I, I know because history, and that's not how that worked out. But you know, that's mm-hmm. really what I felt like it was all building to, and it would have been super satisfying. I guess. <laughs> well, I know. In, in a way, in a way, it kind of ended that way. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Metaphorically, metaphorically, I was I was kind of hoping for a little more literally, but metaphorically, but, neither Richard nor John had the upper hand at the end true. of the movie any more than they did at the beginning. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, this is this whole thing is kind of a fantasy of how they would behave around each other. I. I want to believe that this happened every year. Yeah. I'd like, come Christmas, this is just the entertainment that they go through every mm-hmm. year. Um, Hello, yeah. Mother, how's prison? Same as ever. <laughs> let's go snipe at each other. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> let's backstab each other for a couple of days. Oh, that sounds I brought lovely. you I brought let's you presents, it. but we're not going to open them. They're the same presents I had last year. Qu- quiet uh, down, children. Mummy's fighting. That was <laughs> awesome. She had so many good lines. I was like, oh, I need a notebook so to just be like writing down all her zingers. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. She gets she gets all the great lines. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. That's about all. Uh, I mean, uh, Peter O'Toole has a few good ones. He does. Yeah, yeah. he does. He he's certainly no no slump in this uh, yeah. film, but mm-hmm. yeah. And Philip's got a couple too. It, it's a good. It's a good play. It's just good. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it's very strong. Um, <laughs> John gets none. John gets nothing. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna whine some more. <laughs> I love the, how how intricate. Stop pouting! I'm not pouting. <laughs> pout, pout, pout. I love the scene in Philip's bedroom where you know everybody's like coming out of tapestries and there there are all these words coming out of their mouths and then Philip, John gets revealed and he goes, "You turd! <laughs> yes, you turd! You turd! Oh God! You, you, just, like, you just don't oh, understand." The only ultimate problem with all of this is it never makes any sense why Henry would want John on the throne. Right. The, the John of this right. script. Right. Not, I, not the actual John of history, but the John of this script. You're just like... I, I, I would think... I, I mean, I. my take on it is that he can t- control John. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, I mean, given how he treated Henry the Younger, you know... It's Richard, right. Richard has, always, has already risen up against him yeah. so that's probably and and Jeffrey is clearly scheming yeah. and he's uh, just untrustworthy well, as well there there is a reason he's like you'll be chancellor and John will be the figurehead yeah you know like 
Jeffrey, Jeffrey a... will keep the country together. Yeah. yeah. But John will will s- sit on the throne and be the target. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Be, they will constantly his, be underestimated and Jeffrey will undercut everybody. His I, that's plan all was perhaps figure. brilliant. Mm-hmm. It was perhaps brilliant. Because yeah. uh, Richard did have his own problems clearly mm-hmm. uh so who knows you know the the the, not, the only problem was he never really communicated this effectively to jeff yeah <laughs> yes you know if he ever I, said I to jeff no what you don't understand is you can't be king for all these very good reasons but you're going to be the person that makes the country work mm-hmm. i get the impression literally no one speaks to jeffrey Oh, as, yeah. as we get when <laughs> in the opening scene, she's greeting her children and Jeffrey. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and it just hangs for a moment, and then on to the next thing is, oh, you poor kid, poor middle child, <laughs> poor Jeffrey, poor Jeffrey, yeah. you scheming son of a whatever, son of a whatever. Yeah. All right, what other what other trivia do we have to address? We're getting close to the end of well, yeah, uh, our, our um, episode here. The the director Anthony Harvey, um, is some not guy, a, it's some not guy. a name I'm familiar no, no. with at all. Yeah. And and you'd have to dig deep to to find things that you recognize. But he and uh, James Goldman, the man who wrote this script, um, also collaborated on a little movie called They Might Be Giants, hmm. which I, is a. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? What? It's, it's, I, a, mo- it's huh? a movie called They Might Be huh? Giants, which is where the the band's name. <laughs> comes yes, from. I, I figured that. So the yeah. movie itself is irrelevant, but no, 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 I recommend the film because it's absolutely delightful. It's George C. Scott playing a man who believes he's Sherlock Holmes. Oh, nice! Oh, yes. It's fantastic. Yes. George C. Scott, and, and much like this one, it's it's chewy and delightful, and yeah, and a little bit more cheerful than this film, but you know. This film was plenty cheerful. <laughs> well, it made it made it me was well, it was delightful. I think not this, necessarily cheerful. I think this film is an exceptional way to feel better about your family. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's like wow, I have really never understood how not shitty my Christmas is. <laughs> right, you know, I've been, been sitting here thinking, how do I get out of the family reunion this year? And now I'm like. Now I just feel bad about it because it's not like this. Like I, I can, I can survive <laughs> the just, family reunion. It's just kind of year. awkward. It's not. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's not the backbite. Actively it's... unpleasant. Right, right. See, see, I did have family gatherings like this when I was young, but you know, with fewer, you know, like countries stakes. Right, right. And uh, certainly not this artful, but yeah. <laughs> it's... So, no, I, I yeah. same personalities, but not the best, not the same lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. So, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that was The Lion in Winter. I think yeah. it is time for final thoughts. Melissa, do you have any final thoughts you would like to share with our audience about this film or the people involved? Oh, goodness. Let's see. Um, I do like that this was um, a grimy castle. Yeah. It's a grimy yeah. castle. Everybody looks uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Yeah. Kind Nobody of like was happy to be there. Be. Oh, and uh, they actually did film in Ireland during the really cold months of the year, and Catherine Hepburn still went swimming twice a day. Because, in the, because much like Eleanor of Aquitaine, yeah, she's Catherine a, Hepburn was a hale and hearty woman. Yes. She lived to almost 100, if yeah. I remember mm-hmm. correctly, and was pretty healthy up until just the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she suffered from Parkinson's for a long time. And mm-hmm. One of the things I always notice in this movie is, like, there's one shot where... It's it's a close up held on her and you can see a little bit of tremor in her her and it's like oh is yeah. that starting already yeah oh it had oh, been yeah, it yeah. had been yeah. started is it already. emotion yeah. or is it is it that and yeah yeah 
So, yeah, all right, Allie, final thoughts. Um, I have two of them. Two first, thoughts. First, uh, Timothy Dalton, super dreamy. Oh God, I'm yeah. sorry. That's all. I, that's 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 what I got for that. And if I were to remake this movie, I would cast Kate Mulgrew. As oh, 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 right? Yeah. Oh, I'd watch that. Yeah, yeah. I'd watch I, that a yeah. lot. I'm going to disagree only slightly in that it's a similar name, uh, <laughs> but a different actress. Yes. Only because the actress that I'm thinking of has already played Catherine Hepburn. And that would be uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett would be good. Kate Blanchett would. Let's just remount this every year with different, with a different powerhouse, Kate. powerhouse. There you go. Powerhouse Kates. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All the Kates need to play this character. Uh, My final thought is to thank you for listening to our podcast and also to let you know that our next podcast will be following along with one of the actors in this film uh, who debuted in this film. We are going to watch the film that I think arguably many years later made him a star. So Mm. we will be watching The Silence of the Lambs as our next episode. You should look forward to listening to that. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Go watch movies. Yay! Hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. Be 